0: seconds and tell them how much you care about them, how much you love them, how grateful you are for our God, for Jesus, for the voice of the Holy Spirit today. It's good to see you all in church. We good? Uh Oh, y'all are rowdy. Watch out. When you get rowdy, I tend to go long. So we got got baptisms after service, at the end of service, and We've been in a week of prayer and fasting. That's why I promised you we ain't going long. I got a dream at the end of this service that is filled with carbs and sugar. Now, we've been praying for you. If you didn't know that, maybe it's your first time back in a while or you're a brand new guest with us, we're honored to have you here. Uh, Welcome to Kingdom City Church. Here we believe and our goal and our ambition and our passion is to build people. To build people that bring heaven to earth. One of the ways we build people is we build our life on truth, which is God's word. And we are in what we're calling a Bible year. It's very normal for a church to read through the Bible in a year, uh, but we're actually preaching through what we're reading. We're staying kind of in the same theme and thought of either the passages we're reading in the week previous or the week yet to come. In fact, today I'm going to be reading from today's Bible reading plan. And uh, you better get ready for something good. Message will, I promise you, it was going to challenge you today and it's going to grow you today. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and just tell them to get ready. God's word is good. (laughs) Grab your seat. Pursuit week, man, has been powerful. How many have joined in prayer, fasting, leaning in? Come on. See some withered hands raised. That's how I feel. We're talking a little bit about dreams today, God dreams. And with them come delays and disappointments, but sometimes those are by design. And the design of heaven, the allowed delays and disappointments from time to time, are actually there for your development, to grow you into maturity, the kind of person that God could do even greater things through. Joseph has a dream in Genesis chapter 37. Again, this is from today's reading. It says, Now Israel, or, or Jacob, his father, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, he was the favorite. Because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him. That's that coat of many colors. I just get a visual of that Coogee sweater from the 90s that the notorious B.I.G. used to rock. 90s drip. When his his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they actually hated him in jealousy. And, And they wouldn't even speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers the dream, they hated him all the more. If you read the whole thing, you'll say, maybe you shouldn't have shared that dream. Probably not. They already didn't like you. Joseph's that guy that can't read the room. Inappropriate timing, Joseph. But he says, hey, one day all of you are going to bow to me. And so they make a plan. We're going to kill this guy. We're going to eliminate the dream. Reuben, the oldest brother, he says, no, we're... Let's just throw him in a well. We'll, well. we'll take care of him. We'll get rid of him later. Because Reuben had a plan to go back and to rescue him. And in verse 23, same, same uh, passage here. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing. And they took him and they threw him into a cistern, a well. But it was empty because there was no water in it. You know, dreams are powerful. Well, another way you could say dreams is vision for your life who God's called you to be, what he's called you to become, where he's called you to go, what he's called you to do. Dreams are powerful, but many times when you have a big dream, they can create big problems, big disappointments. They, they often come sometimes with pain and even hardship in our life. So when it comes to dreams and disappointments, I wanna speak from the title today, The Lesson of Being Left Behind. What can you learn when things are not working out the way that you thought They would work out. What could God teach you? This invaluable lesson that we can learn that grows our character when even people aren't kind to us or actually against us. When it seems like the dream is delayed, what could God be developing in us? Because God wants you to have a dream that doesn't die, something that's bigger than you. No matter the resistance, God actually has a reward for those that continue to trust Him despite the delays. Would you join me in prayer as we get ready to hear everything God wants to say. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. We just call it true, true north for our lives. Points us in the direction we're called to go. Gives us the mirror where we need to change. Gives us the grace and the perspective of Jesus and God's kindness that that forms us and shapes us into the people you've called us to be. Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts and in our minds. Growing us, maturing us to the fullness of our faith. I speak life back to dead dreams. I speak fresh hope back to hurting hearts. I speak peace supernaturally into every storm. I pray, God, your goodness prevails in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let me just say this quick. Uh, first of all, I did not welcome those online, and especially the men of Lansing Correctional Facility. We love you so much. My bad. I've been fasting. And so it's a miracle. I even read that all the way through right now. Uh, But let me just say this, a quick thing. Hey, if you can, obviously you see we're growing here at the 11 o'clock. It's awesome. And I know we're here to celebrate baptisms and such. But if you could make the 9 a.m., I am here live at the 9 a.m. as well. Uh, Particularly if you could bring your family to the 9 a.m., that would be wonderful as we make more room for people to be reached for Jesus. Because here's why. Our church really grows in February. Is it a super spiritual thing? Is it directly correct, connected to our, our fasting and praying? No. Is it, by then, the Chiefs have already won the Super Bowl, and everyone's false God. Never mind. Anyways, we'd love for you to be at the 9 a.m. Dreams at last. You know, last night I had a dream, um, and I promise you it was not a God dream. In this dream, here's why. In this dream, I had a pastor friend of mine who quit his church and started a traveling band. And I didn't call him up today be like, hey, guess what? I have a word from God for you. Quit today. Because here's why. In the band, he played the stand-up bass, which I don't think is God's will for anyone in life. And so I know that wasn't a God That was a fasting-induced dream, not a God dream. But tomorrow, uh, we celebrate a man. I, th- I think who had a God dream. We remember the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who got up and said, and this is why I believe it's a God dream. He says, I have a dream, and he says that someday, and he starts speaking about generational change. It actually isn't even about him. It's not a dream of his promotion or his position or his platform. It's a dream that opens up promised land for other people. And if you have a big dream that does promote you, I'm not saying that's wrong. God is a promoter. God is a rewarder. God is a provider. God is a blesser. God is a good God who has good plans in store for you, but a God dream is bigger than you. So even though his life was taking his taking his dream, didn't die because it was a God dream. It was bigger than any one person. And so more than anything, I want to speak to the delays and, and the development that God is doing in your dream, but I also want to expand your destiny to include something that's bigger than you. It's more about heaven invading earth in your hometown, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your school, in your family of origin. God has bigger things in store. And so as we remember his dream tomorrow, let's also do our part to expand God's plan for future generation. If you don't have a dream, you likely have very little passion. There has to be something that gets you up in the morning more than just getting to the next payday, more than just getting back to your bed at the end of the night. If you have no purpose, you have little passion. And my heart for us as a church is that the deepest God desires of your heart would become the reality of your life. And that lost dreams and delays, you would see them from a new perspective from this day forward, that this might actually be by design to develop my character so I can fulfill a greater calling. Dreams are really God visions for your life, and the enemy loves to steal your vision. Proverbs 29, 18, I love how the message paraphrase reads this. It says this, if people can't see what God is doing, you ever been there? I can't quite see how, God, this is going to work. I can't quite see, God, where you're at in all this. I've lost perspective of how this could ever be a part of your plan. When people can't see the God vision, they stumble over themselves. But when they attend, they give attention to what God is revealing, they are most blessed. When we can start seeing or perceiving what he is showing us, you move from stumbling to security. You move from breakdown into blessing. And some of you are experiencing hardships of the heart or difficult places in your life. I-, I believe that God maybe doesn't create, although some of them are in our own creating, some of them because of this broken world we live in, but God does not waste those. We see that in the story of Joseph that God doesn't waste what was meant to harm him. God actually uses it to help him and to promote him. And as we're closing out this pursuit week of prayer and fasting, my heart and prayer is for you to begin to attend more to what God is saying to you. You do not just get your fix every Sunday at the 11, even though now you're gonna start going to the 9 (laughs) a.m. But what I say but this is just adding to the fuel in your fire of your destiny and your purpose as you start hearing God's voice for yourself. Because the enemy loves to steal vision, but God loves to pour it out in our lives. In fact, the first message ever preached under the influence of the Holy Spirit here on the earth from Acts chapter two, Peter gets up and it says in chapter two, it says, in the last days, God says, I'm gonna pour out my spirit upon All people, not a person in this room, based upon your performance or your pedigree, has been disqualified from an outpouring of the presence of God in your life. Uh, Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see vision, and old men will dream dreams. Young and old, man or woman, anybody, everybody, there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit to give you a fresh perspective or vision of what God wants to do in your life and in this world. And I have a dream that every individual in our church, you're going to be moving forward this year. Or maybe you've been on delay or derailed in the last couple years because of the craziness of this world or your own current scenario or situation. That your God-given gifts and passions will be in partnership with God's greater purpose. A dream that's bigger than you is a dream that cannot die. And yet in the design of God for your destiny, there will be delays. And there will even be betrayals. That's what we see in Joseph. That not every dream, everyone's quickly on board to help you accomplish it. In fact, people that might have been a benefit to your dream can be a barrier to their dream. That's what his, his brothers did. And there's just some lessons we can learn today if you feel like you've been left behind. There's a lesson you can learn. Now, we can't learn anything from left behind the movie or the books, <laughs> except that I think Kirk Cameron left his career behind in that. You know when they make a remake and get a better actor and they choose Nicolas Cage than you, then you had a problem with acting. It's okay. It's a growing pain, so we're all going through it. Uh, What do we do when we've been left behind? Maybe you've been passed by personally. Maybe you've been personally attacked. There's a lesson to learn. And the education you can find in the frustration of something not moving forward in your life is greater than you just arriving at the finish line. It is greater because God grows your character and it's through your character that you fulfill a greater calling. Maybe you're a little skeptic today and you don't believe that God has a dream, a purpose, or a vision for your life. Well, you need a revelation of the Father's love for you because as a dad, when I, when I became a father 11 years ago, when Blair was born, and Blair and Graham, they get baptized today. I am I'm, I'm so pumped for it. Um <laughs> When, when, when I held her, I had all these dreams and excitement for her. I had a passion for her to pursue her purpose. and uh, I wanted to do everything I could in my own power and ability to create the kind of, the, the kind of environment and, and the kind of path where she could go even farther than Liz and I and fulfill the things that God's designed her for. Now, do I give her everything she wants when she wants it? No. Do, do, do we try to create atmosphere with love and blessing and favor? Of course we do. If she gets into difficulties, do I let her uh, help her get out of it? Yeah, many times I do. But it I also help her grow through it? Of course I do. Why? Because I'm a father that cares about her development. And I'm an imperfect father. God's a perfect one. And he's a perfect father in God when it comes to you, and he has a dream and a design and a destiny and a vision in store for your life. And yet he will still allow some of the derailments and difficulties of life to ma- to happen because it matters more for your development than just his instant deliverance in every situation. See, some dreams go unfulfilled and destinies unreached because we don't have the determination Go, uh, to keep going or the character development to trust God when it isn't coming to pass. God is more excited and anticipated about your breakthrough when you go through a battle or a barrier and learn to lean and trust, lean on Him and trust in Him. Is it frustrating to anyone else that God who could just snap his fingers supernaturally and recreate your life? into everything you've ever been called to be doesn't do it instantly. I, I, I think about that sometimes. Like, God, why haven't you just done this? Apostle Paul did that. He says, God, why do I have this resistance? Why do I have the enemy constantly buffeting me? All I wanna do is reach the lost. All I wanna do is build churches, and I've got this thorn in my flesh. And God says, I'm gonna keep that there, that resistance there. Why? Because my power is made perfect when you're not good enough. When you're weak, when you're humble, when you're hungry, when you desire me, my best comes out even against the barriers you're facing. Because God won't just give you everything great you want now. He wants to grow you into something better. We say here at Kingdom City Church that destiny is a daily decision. That's why we're reading our Bibles every day even when we don't feel like it. That's why we show up to church even when we're frustrated. That's why we get in a connect group and build relationships that sharpen us and challenge us even when we've been isolated and, and, and seasons have gone before us. Because we believe destiny is a daily decision because God's grace is there every single day. But what we do with that grace is how we, is how we grow. What we see earlier in Genesis 37 is that, that, that Joseph is just obeying his dad, earthly dad. He's just obeying uh, Jacob or Israel. And he's just following orders and yet he finds himself now In a lonely place, in an isolated place, in a rejected place. Do you know that sometimes your obedience to your Heavenly Father will actually bring barriers and battles to you? In fact, it is a good sign if you could say, and I know none of us can say it perfectly, that we've done our best to obey and follow God, and yet I face resistance all the time. Because the enemy doesn't have to try to stop someone that won't even start. And so if you're facing some resistance or even rejection in your life, but you can honestly say, God, I've been trying to give you my best. It is a beautiful sign that you're in a development season of your character because your calling is bigger than the dream you even had. Joseph thought his family would bow down to him. What he didn't know is that he would be a key voice, discerning heart, get a God vision that would save tons of humanity from starvation that he just thought his family would bow to him, but God wanted him to solve a famine. God wanted to promote him to the place of power and authority over the, the most powerful nation in the world. So there's some lessons that we can learn when we're being left behind. The first one is sometimes the pit is there on purpose. I know there's pits of our own creating that we've dug ourselves into. And guess what? God is just as faithful to deliver you out of your own self-inflicted barrier than he is something else that's been brought against you. But sometimes this pit is just... On purpose. Look what the Apostle Peter says, 1 Peter chapter 1. He says, even though you are temporarily harassed by all kinds of trials and temptations, this is no accident. This is no accident that you're having resistance. It actually happens so that you can prove your faith. Your faith is infinitely more valuable than gold. And gold, as you know, he says, is ultimately perishable. And it must still be purified by fire. In other words, what he's saying is how much more is this lasting legacy of your faith need to go through some refining fire? This proving of your faith is planned. This is no accident. This is planned. This is planned to bring you praise and honor and glory in the day where it matters the most when Jesus is fully revealed. So when something's happening to me, is happening against me. God is actually doing something in me. When something is coming up against you, the, the, the dream feels like it's delayed, God's actually developing your faith and your character. It's in the pit where you need to start asking yourself, why am I here? Maybe I did dig this ditch a little bit. Maybe I was thrown in here through re- rejection or someone else's insecurity. Maybe my pride got me in this pit, or maybe it's just the problems of, of my family. Or or issues that I face. Maybe I got myself in a financial or relational pit. And so God, I want you to still develop me even through my own mistake. Would you mature me in my faith? Because the pit is there on purpose. And the first thing you need to do when you find yourself in a pit is quit blaming the people around you. And some of you also need to forgive yourself. Because you've already been forgiven by God. And who are you to hold something against yourself that God doesn't hold against you either? That's the beauty of God's grace. And we quit blaming other people, whether it's society or your brother or your sister or your family of origin and start saying, God, ultimately, I wanna learn in this moment that you're my source and supply and you're my rescue and you're my strong tower and you're my promoter. Help me find you at a deeper level. Because Joseph already had the father's favor on him, but we see with this dream, he kind of made it about himself. So for him, just listen, could God have gotten him to the place of authority in Egypt? without the rejection at home. I don't know. The way our story reads, I believe, is perfectly manuscripted by God's design. And just maybe God's design was that he'd face some rejection before he got to promotion. Anyways, he ends up to the place that was greater than he thought he could ever get to. He thought about favor and leadership of his own family. God had something so much bigger in store the pit is on purpose some of you were meant to be just a pit stop in your life though has become a place of permanent residence and I would say if you have unforgiveness or bitterness towards someone even if they have done you completely wrong because I do not know your story and I'm sure if you shared it with me my heart would break for what has happened to you or what should have happened that didn't happen But I promise you, if you look in the Bible or if you talk to any maturing believer, they have gone through seasons when things did not go the way that they thought. And in that moment of frustration, they actually turned to God and their faith grew. And if God can grow your faith, he will do it by any means necessary. That he will actually use what the enemy means for destruction, the Bible says. God will turn around for good in your life. The pit just might be there on purpose. But the beauty of the pit is the pit gives us a new perspective. The pit that you're in right now, or the one that you're walking out of, or the one you might face in your future, can give you a new perspective, or listen, a new vision. It gets you to be able to see things from a different perspective, because the pit can either pin you in, or it can actually show you your real position. For Joseph to rule the way he was called to rule, to to. to to save much of humanity in that day and age, including his own family. He could not get there by himself. And in the low places of life, you learn to look up. Because in the pit, that's about all you can do. You can complain, you can argue, you can vent, but ultimately, you're just talking to yourself. You cannot get out. All you can do is look up. So we begin to thank God for some of the low places we find ourselves in, because it's in the lowest of lows that we can experience him in the greatest of depths. Isn't that what it says in Ephesians three? Paul says, I pray so much that you would grasp just how wide and broad and far and what, deep the love of God is, and it's in a low place where you find the depth of God's love and where your help really comes from. In Psalms 121, it says, I look up to the mountains, the high point. And who doesn't love mountaintop experiences? But does my help come from there? The answer is no. It doesn't come from anything on this earth. My help actually comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And the same God that created the majesty of the mountains also might design some low places of humility because when you are humble, he can give you greater grace. And so life will humble us but ultimately, we need to learn to humble ourselves. And if you live, not living in the pit looking down, but in the low places of life, you begin to look up and begin to praise where your help really comes from. You'll begin to have a perspective shift. And when your perspective changes off of your problems and onto your problem solver, you begin to be developed in the person of character that can fulfill a greater calling and have a dream that cannot, that cannot die. There's lessons that you can only learn from maybe being left behind. And one of them is God is your only real promoter. Bible says my promotion does not come from the East or the West. It is not from my boss. It isn't something given to me from nepotism, from my family. My promotion comes from heaven and heaven alone. If you want a lasting promotion and a legacy of life led well here on the earth, you gotta find God as your promoter and you get a new perspective in the pit that shows you that's where your help comes from. Romans chapter eight, again, from the message prayer for today, is God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as his son, his life of the son that he lived. So God, from the very beginning, has decided some of the things that Jesus walked through, you're gonna walk through. Some of the things that Jesus faced, you're gonna face. It shaped him. It will shape you to become more like him. Did Jesus have lonely days? Oh, you better believe he did. Did Jesus get disrespected? Did Jesus' his own family not believe in him? Did Jesus get labeled, marginalized? They literally make fun of his hometown. Like, how could anything good come from Nazareth? It's like, you know, modern days, it's like, Gabe, how could anything good come from Iowa? We're still waiting to see. <laughs> Got some angry Iowans in the house today. <laughs> Jesus had some days of betrayal. And he walked in total victory. In the lowest of places, he had the perfect perspective. That God's plan will still prevail. Where he walked perfectly, you might be imperfect, but the good news is, in his perfection, and his finality of finishing and running his race, you have victory already on the inside of you. So in your lonely places or your mistakes or your issues even of your own creating or if you've been abandoned, you already live from a place of victory so you're already seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus even when you're in a difficult place here on the earth. There's this old school church saying uh, that says, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Anyone ever hear that one? Come on, where's my old school church people at? Come on. You went to church as much as I did. How are we still here? It's great. We've overcame. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And I promise you, there are some lies in the pit. In fact, I think there's two voices in the low places of our life that you're gonna hear. And the first one, I promise you, you hear this first one first, and it's a lot louder. And it's the voice of accusation, and it's the voice of rejection, It's the voice of the thief that's come to kill, steal, and destroy the God dream from your life. You will hear the voice of the accuser, and it will always bring condemnation. It speaks to you in in, um, absolutes and generalities. You'll never have this. You'll never become this. You'll always be stuck in this addiction. You'll always be alone. You'll always be rejected. That wasn't a real God dream. Where's God at in all this? And it's a loud voice. But if you can persevere through that noise, you're going to hear the sound of heaven. There's another voice in the pit. And it begins to speak to your specific, not general, situation. Like where the enemy speaks with generalities, God speaks with surgical precision. He says, this is the one thing I'm wanting you to change. This is the one place of obedience I'm asking of you. This is the one relationship I need you to forgive. This is the one thing I feel like is holding you back. And he speaks it in a grace-filled way, and that is the difference between condemnation and conviction. Conviction makes us more like Jesus. Condemnation pushes us away from the throne room. But as sons and daughters have already been saved, we can boldly enter the throne room of grace and get what we need in our time of need, no matter the situation, even if it's of our own doing. Which voice will you listen to? The pit might be there on purpose and it's there to help us with a new perspective. And when we get the right perspective in the pit, it begins to shift the power because it's not about our own ability because we can't get ourselves out. It's not about our own gifting because we can never fulfill that dream on our own. It's not about our own uh, pride because who are we anyway that God would ever do something beautiful like that in our life? No, we've been chosen and been called and been graced by him to overcome the, the pit the pit shifts the power off of your gift, and you are gifted, but on the God, the giver of gifts. It shifts the, the power off of your hard work, and hard work is healthy, but it's not on your grind, it's about God's glory showing up in your life. It gets you out of being your own savior and gets you settled and secured in the one that knows what he's doing in your life. And in your destiny. I think about Jonah, who found himself in a place, a pit of his own creating. God wanted him to go and preach uh, repentance to Nineveh, a mega city, metropolis at its time, but he had bitterness and pride against him. And so he went the other way. And the story says he was swallowed by a great fish. I know there's a lot of people out there in this modern church world that don't believe that. It's improbable. Guys, remember, we have built our whole life and eternity on a 2,000-year-old Jewish rabbi who's still alive today. If I can believe that, I can kind of believe anything. But Jonah cries out. He says, I prayed to the Lord from the fish's belly. I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And God answered me. And out of the belly of Sheol, which literally means pit, I cried, and you heard my voice. Verse six, it says, you brought me, brought my life up. You brought me up out of this, this pit. I'm sure Joseph immediately in the pit, he, he's feeling the betrayal. He's seething at his family. How could they? He might even be shaking his fist at God. God, why did you allow me? Isn't this a dream? The dream that you gave me? But eventually, I believe that shift, if we don't read about it, we just know that his character from this moment on is one of the most humble servants you're ever going to see that handles difficulty, obstacles, derailments, and betrayals unlike anyone we've ever seen before. Something changed in the pit when he changed his perspective. He got a new power. Because he goes into Potiphar's house, and he gets promoted, and then gets lied about and thrown in prison. In prison, all he does is serve and help other people, and then they forget about him. And something changed the power that wasn't in his own ability Because we actually do not see, besides going to tell his brothers a message, we do not see him serving before this struggle or before he's in the cistern. We see him doing it afterwards. The power shift was what he had this place of prestige with his earthly father's favor. But from the favor of heaven that was on his life, he began to serve other people. And from that position of serving, even with obstacles and betrayals, God used all of that for his promotion. Because when you learn how to shift the power or the light off of yourself and onto your God, and that spirit of humility, the Bible says he gives grace to the humble. And that grace from God is a supernatural power to raise you up out of the low places that maybe your family's been trapped in generationally and promote you to the place of the God dream and destiny for your life that you could never get there in your own ability or your own gifting. From goes from wanting retribution or retaliation to total God reliance. Maturing believers, that is what we're after. We're after a heart of humility that says, God, no matter what I've done in my yesterday, no matter my passion and desires for the future, through it all, I humble myself under your hand. And when I'm under your hand, I'm under your power and I'm under your protection, and it does not matter what happens around me. It might hurt for a moment, but you'll even use the hardships of life to develop my heart and my character. In Genesis 37, you'll read, if you're joining with us in the Bible year, it says, Reuben, the, the older brother, heard it and delivered him out of his hands. In fact, it was his plan to put him in the cistern in the first place to not kill him. He says, let's shed no blood. Let's cast him in this pit. And then, and, and then we can come back. Reuben's plan was to come back later and, and bring him back to the father, back, back to Israel, back to Jacob. So Reuben, the, the older brother, had, had a plan to rescue. Now, if you know, if you read through it, you'll know that Reuben's actually the legitimate oldest son. He, he should have been the son of favor. But, but Joseph was chosen instead. That Israel's heart was, was more towards more towards Joseph. You know, the Bible calls Jesus, in Colossians, the firstborn of many. He's God's son, so what does that mean? That he's our, he's our big brother. That he's the big brother. And he forsaked all the favor of heaven to come down into our level, into our world. In perspective from the majesty of heaven to the earth, particularly being born in a major, growing up in Nazareth, he went from the highest palace to the lowest pit. And he did it intentionally. Why? Just like Reuben was there to return the son back to the favor of the father, our King Jesus, our big brother, has come down to us, and he forsake the favor of heaven so that you could find the favor of God on your life as well. The older brother has come to rescue you to promote you, to protect you, and to bring God's promises to pass for you. So what's the problem you're facing today? What does it look like for you when you think about the rejection you might have faced or the difficulties, the dilemmas you might be coming up against? What's the dream that you've allowed to die because of bitterness or unforgiveness to the people around you? What is the low place you're stuck in? Friend, I'm telling you, there is a purpose in it, and God won't waste it. There's a perspective shift that God wants to give you. And when you get it in a spirit of humility and worshiping God, even in the midst of painful places, there is a new power for you to be able to do something you could not do in your own ability. You know, our Bible reading plan again today, but this is from the New Testament passage in Matthew. Jesus is face to face with someone coming for a healing. He's got a shriveled hand, a shriveled arm. And they, the, the religious leaders are looking at him like, oh, whoa, 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 we're not supposed to, to heal on the Sabbath. It's amazing how these correlate in our, our lesson today, our message today. Matthew 12, Jesus said to them, if any of you have a sheep that falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take a hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it's not only, it's God's plan, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then he turns to the man who had always been inadequate, had never been enough, had always been deformed, had always been missing out, wasn't able-bodied, wasn't able to, to do much. He says, stretch out your hand. And in that moment of faith where this man with the withered hand begins to stretch out something he has never done in his entire life, he was completely restored just as sound and able and strong as the other arm so this is a message to some of you in the pit right now stretch out again how valuable you are to your god that he is the one that comes down from the highest of heavens to the lowest of pits to pull you up and to completely restore your strength your life your hope your passion and your purpose Jesus, the great shepherd, has come for all his sheep. Jesus, the big brother, cares about the rest of God's sons and daughters. And he wants to protect you and care for you and grab you by the hand. As broken as it might be, he will restore it completely. Psalms 40, he brought me out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay. Out of the broken place, out of the sinful place, and he set my feet on a rock. It's called salvation in Christ, and it can never be taken from you. He has rescued you by his mighty hand, pulled you out of the problem in the pit. You can never escape for yourself. And he's established your steps. So you're not just out of the pit you're moving forward with your God dream and God purpose. He put a new song in your heart. He's going to give you something to praise him about. You are not abandoned. You are actually being established. You are not rejected. There is a reward for getting a perspective shift, a heart of humility. You will receive a new power and a grace from God to overcome that which you could not have done on your own. There is a new pers- purpose, there is a new perspective, and there is a new power for you. That's a message for someone in the pit today. It's a message of rescue. He is your rescuer, he is your rewarder, he is your God, and he knows what he's doing in your life. Would you stand to your feet? I wanna pray for you. we praise and we're going to praise God I encourage you if you don't feel like it we're going to do it anyway because we're going to pray from a perspective not about how we feel but about who he is to us before they do that I want to pray for you in fact can we bow our heads and close our eyes if you're here and you feel stuck I think probably every one of us have an area we feel stuck but I want to speak about a certain kind of pit you're in that miry clay still. You you feel distant from God Maybe it's been the betrayals of life or broken promises from others. Maybe it's been in your own creating your issue or your struggle. It does not matter how you got there. What matters is this moment of decision. The God who came down, sent Jesus down, the big brother to rescue you, to restore you back to favor is here. And all you have to do is not clean yourself up, not get out of the pit, not climb out. Not wish your way out, no, 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 you just reach out. In that moment of humility that says, I need a savior to secure me, to reestablish me, he shows up. So with no one looking around, we're gonna pray a prayer, we call it a believer's prayer. And In this moment, it's a moment of surrender, knowing that you can't save yourself, but you need a savior. Maybe for some of you, you've already been established on the rock, but you keep sliding down to the pit, and you wanna reestablish once and for all, I am Jesus first, I'm going after God, no matter what situation or circumstances, even in my own creating, I'm after him. So we're gonna pray a prayer. And friend, if you've never prayed this prayer, and maybe you prayed a long time ago, you need to pray it again. You're surrounded by people that have prayed this prayer before, and not a single one of them would ever regret it. In fact, they've experienced real life the moment they made this real decision. If you need Jesus, if you've never given him your life. If you ever reached for the hand of his grace, you can never get out of the pit on your own. It's only by his saving power. With no one looking around, I'm not gonna make you come front, come up front, and we're not gonna alienate you or single you out in any way, but we do believe there's this moment of humility that God is asking of you to acknowledge your need for a savior because you can't save yourself. So if that is you and you need a fresh start with Jesus, you need to be taken out of your old and placed in establishing your steps and the new thing he has for you. With no longer I need say, Pastor Carl, this prayer matters to me. This is my moment of salvation. It's my moment of return. This is my moment of coming back home. If that's you with no longer around, can you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Kyle, this is me today. I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten 10. plus, I can't see everybody. Sorry, 11, 12, that's awesome. I see you, 13, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Let's pray. Say this after me. Come on, this best part of church right here. Say, thank you, God, for loving me. You sent Jesus to rescue me. I needed a savior, and you sent the best. He lived a perfect life. He died in my place. My sin and shame is paid for. I am forgiven. I am rescued. I am reestablished. I'm directed by you. I turn from my old life. I give you my whole heart. From this day forward, God, I'm all yours because of Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. Church, can we celebrate everybody? Come on, let's take a moment to worship and glorify God. If you feel stuck here today, let's get some of God's power at work in our life. Come on, let's praise Him, even from a low place of humility. Let's give Him a high praise of honor. Come on, we do better than that. How about we celebrate every heart that's just been transferred into the incredible love of God and His amazing grace. Kingdom City Church, let me tell you, God's plan will prevail for you this year. There will be difficulties, there will be battles, but you already have overcoming victory in Christ. Amen, do you believe that? Hey, stay standing for just a moment. We're gonna go 10 more minutes. I realize you got all sorts of things to do today. One of them is not to watch the Chiefs, so you're gonna be all right. Trust me, no one's more excited about eating after church than me. Zero percent chance. We're gonna get that in just a moment. Gabe's gonna give us some next steps. But there's a big step a lot of people are making and they've decided today they're going public with their faith the demonstration of what God's done on the inside they're going to do a celebration on the outside and we're going to rally around that as a church family as they are baptized today there's about 20 that are already going to be baptized but listen 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 we'll we'll cheer for them for a long time in just a moment some of you did not prepare to be baptized today but we have prepared for you we have a shirt We've got change of clothes. We got everything you need. You've gotta make the decision for yourself. Because some of you, listen, you're out of the pit when it comes to your life and how people would see you, but you still got that residue of the myriad clay in the pit on the inside of you. And God wants to wash that away by going public in your faith. And you might have some questions, we'll talk to you about it in just a moment, but if you're ready to join those 20 or so, that have already said yes, if you wanna be baptized today, listen, I'm gonna take away every excuse. Well, my family's not here. I love that, that's great. But this is really about your spiritual family. It's about a family of faith. And if you don't do it now, when will you? I would just say, have a quick prayer moment between you and God. And say, God, is this for me? Is it time to take that next step? Is it time to go public in my faith? We're ready for you. So will you join with those that are already being baptized? I'm gonna actually ask you to raise your hand. And those that have already signed up, you already got your shirt on, I see you out there. I want you to just raise your hand. And as they do, church, we are gonna celebrate because this is a breakthrough, powerful moment in their life and in our church. But if you came here today, ready to be baptized, or you want to be baptized and go public in your demonstration of faith towards Jesus, would you raise your hand right now It says I'm all in on all that God has for me. Come on, everyone being baptized today. Anyone else wanna join in? Come on, let's celebrate, I see you all over. All right, let's keep celebrating as they go out those doors right there. Come on, let's cheer them on. Someone can hold your purse. We'll take care of your kids. Don't miss your breakthrough today by being bold about Jesus in front of others. Come on, he's worth going all in on. He's the one that went all in for us. Let's lift up one more shout, one more celebration. We got a great celebration today. Amen. Amen. I love you, church.